0: If you're tired of worrying about money and living paycheck to paycheck, you can decide now to put God's financial principles into practice and change your life. Hi, I'm Rob West. They say that insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Nowhere is that more true than with money. I'll talk about making changes first today, then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Money Wise Live, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, like most things, the first step in making financial changes is admitting you have a problem and identifying what you're doing wrong. What's not right with the way you're handling money? Maybe you worry about bouncing a check, or you fear the phone ringing because it might be a bill collector, or you're dealing with the gas or electricity being turned off for non-payment. Maybe you argue with your spouse about money, or you've stopped giving to your church because you're afraid you won't have enough. Those are all signs that something needs to change, and you shouldn't fear that change. It might be a little scary at first, but it will bring great relief from worrying about money. I Isaiah 43 tells us, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. I am doing a new thing. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So how do you begin to bring about this change? Well, first, by dispelling the notion that God's Word doesn't contain everything you need to transform the way you handle money. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You see, understanding and believing in biblical truth is essential, and the first principle you need to grasp is that God owns it all. Psalm 24 1 is clear. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who live in it. When you fully embrace that principle, that idea, everything else can fall into place. You won't be consumed with thoughts about the way you're handling your money because it's not yours. Instead, you'll begin to think about managing God's money because you're simply His steward or manager of the resources He's temporarily entrusted Amen. to you. And as His steward, God will not abandon you to fend for yourself. He's always with you, and He's promised to provide. Luke twelve twenty four reads: "Consider the ravens; they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you?" Than the birds. Once you realize that God will provide, Scripture will be your guide for changing the way you think and act concerning money. You've struggled with His financial principles, but now they'll be your guide. The Bible says a lot about spending, saving, investing, and getting out of debt, along with contentment and generosity. Everything you need to know so you can begin to put them into practice. Uh, Take just one principle to start. Pray earnestly about it. Ask God for strength, discipline, and desire to carry it out. Maybe that's setting aside a few dollars out of your paycheck or paying more than the minimum payment on your credit card or putting a little more in the collection plate. Pick one and stick with it. Then, when it's a part of your life, you can go on to the next, and even the next after that. This is putting principle into practice. You do that with tools and structure, a budget, a will, a long-range financial plan, and so on. If you're not living on a budget, you need to develop a spending plan now. Luke 14, 28 teaches, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? And there's no better tool for developing a spending plan than the new MoneyWise app. It uses the tried-and-true envelope budgeting system to plan and track all of your spending. It's free, and you can download it wherever you get your apps. Most people find it difficult to change by themselves. They need someone to encourage them and to hold them accountable. As our friend Howard Dayton puts it, to hold their fuzzy feet to the fire. We have a whole group of folks trained and ready to help you get and stay on track as you learn to put God's financial principles into practice. They're the MoneyWise volunteer coaches, and you can sign up with one at moneywiselive.org. Proverbs 11.14 tells us, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And then Proverbs twenty seven seventeen: iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Well, that's all you need to know to make big changes in your life and to stop worrying about money. We hope you'll get started today. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. I'm Rob West, and you're listening to Money Wise Live. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us today on Moneywise Live, Biblical Wisdom for Your Financial Decisions. I'm Rob West, your host. Hey, are you part of the MoneyWise community? If so, would you consider supporting this ministry? We can't do what we do without your generous support. We're listener-supported, so whether it's a one-time gift or perhaps becoming a monthly partner, we'd ask you to pray, and as long as you're giving beyond the giving to your local church, we'd invite you to be a part. Uh, Just head to MoneyWiseLive.org and click the Donate button, and uh, between now and December 31st, we're uh, happy to give you a copy of the new book. From Pastor Paul David Tripp called Redeeming Money. It's one of the best new books on money from a biblical perspective that I've read in a long, long time. And I'd love to put a copy in your hands for a gift of $25 or more, just as our way to say thank you. Again, head to MoneyWiseLive.org and click the Donate button, and we would sure appreciate it. We've got some lines open today. Looking forward to hearing from you. 800-525-7000. We're going to begin today in Indiana. Uh, Mabula, you called yesterday, didn't get on the air. You're back today. I'm so glad. How can I help you?
1: Hi there, Rob. Thanks so much for taking my call. I really appreciate your uh, program. Um, My question is really about um, uh, health care, health insurance. Yes.
2: Um,
1: If one doesn't have health insurance and they're trying to um, budget for um, that, how much would you recommend?
0: Yes. Well, on average now, and, and this is obviously a rising part of many people's budget just because the cost of health care is increasing – Americans are now spending, on average, about 8% of their budget on health care costs. So I think that would be a great starting point. Uh, You know, obviously, depending on where you live and uh, what your budget looks like, that number may need to to move around, and it all has to add up to no more than 100%, and I would love for that to certainly include your giving, but also some margin for you to fund those long-term savings goals that you have. But that at least gives you a starting place. Um, I would also encourage you, if you're wanting to think about how to cover your health care needs and do it at a lower cost, uh, our friends at Christian Healthcare Care Ministries, chministries.org would provide an alternative. Uh, It's medical cost sharing, and it's uh, for Christians uh, to share each other's medical bills. Uh, They've literally shared billions and billions over the years for tens of thousands of believers, and it's a very budget-friendly approach to covering the cost of health care. And you could look into that at, again, chministries.org. You would certainly find it um, a lot less expensive than you would a typical health insurance policy, which this is not insurance, but a great alternative. Uh, does that make sense, though, Mabula? And did you have a follow-up question?
1: Yes, it does make sense. And I do have a follow-up question. Thank you. And that is, you know, if if um, one is trying to, um, you know, find what insurance um, option is good for them, but they haven't actually maybe qualified for any of the options and they're self-employed or they're transitioning. Uh, like I said, we were at a workshop with bivocational um, attendees and this question came up. I didn't have the answer. So because people have different budgets, how much would you recommend like a, a dollar amount that one should put aside if they wanted to put themselves in a position where they could, for example, go and say, well, I don't have insurance right now, but I'm self pay so how yes. could, how how could you know? Is there a dollar amount, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, must- I think that that eight to ten percent number is a good starting point. It, it of course would vary based on your health status. Uh, Mabula, somebody who's in and out of you know doctors' offices regularly for pre-existing conditions could drive that up. And you know, this is an area where I would really caution somebody against. Uh, going completely unprotected and having some plan uh, to cover your medical expenses, which is why, you know, if, if a traditional health insurance plan does not fit into the budget, I think uh, using an alternative like Christian Health Care Ministries would be great because it can be very budget-friendly, very affordable, and uh, you're talking about 100% coverage per incident beyond $500. So, you know, as long as somebody can cover their routine doctor visit And so forth. If you had a an expense that required you to go into the hospital, you needed some surgery. You had something that was prolonged, like a very severe illness. uh, You know that could be hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's all taken care of and shared by other believers around the country, and that's really the risk that somebody has by going without some sort of uh, protection in this way. So I would say the answer is let's start with that 8 to 10% number uh, as a placeholder. Uh, of your budget, but let's recognize that that can vary widely based on your health status. So therefore, make sure you have coverage and check out chministries.org for an alternative, and we appreciate your call today. Uh, to Ravina Ohio, WCRF. Dorothy, go right ahead.
2: Uh, yes, hi. Thanks for taking my call. My question is, I've heard you talk before uh, about Social Security waiting, I thought you said, until you're older. Like, I'm retiring, I'm eligible at 66 and six months, but I thought you had said, wait as long as you can, and I'm wondering why that is, because you're losing that money you could be making and something about you can't make it up, but in 12 years or something?
0: uh right well the the thing here is that every year you wait beyond age uh, your full retirement age up to age 70 your check will increase by 8% so, you know, for instance, if if you were to uh, wait until age 70, you'd get 132% of the check you would have received at full retirement age uh, for the rest of your life. Now, you, would, you could say, well, yeah, but what about those years between full retirement age and age 70 that I wasn't getting anything? And what I would say is, well, if you're healthy... And you're going to live uh, at least to life expectancy, which once you reach age 65 increases to uh, age 84 as a, as a female. Um, then you will eventually through that added amount in the check each month make up over time what you gave up by not collecting a check. And then from that point forward, uh, you would uh, be able to enjoy that higher monthly payout for the rest of your life. And given that life expectancy continues to increase, that could be a real benefit, especially if during those years between full retirement age and age 70, you don't need the money. You have other income sources. You're continuing to work, something like that. Then that added amount in the check each month could be just what you need to cover, perhaps a shortfall in your monthly budget so that then from that point forward you have uh, enough to cover it. Uh, many estimates say, uh, Dorothy, that it takes about 12 years to recoup those benefits. Um, so, you know, nobody knows, only the Lord knows when he's going to call us home. But if you're healthy and he tarries, then there's a pretty strong likelihood that you're going to uh, live those 12 years to recoup the benefits you gave up. And then from that point forward, you'll enjoy that higher monthly check for the rest of your life. Now, for some folks, they say, listen, either A, I'm not healthy, I've got pre existing conditions, or B, I need the money uh, because I'm relying on that social security check at at full retirement age or even before that uh, to be able to account for the needs that I have in my monthly spending. Well, if that's the case, then that's your answer. But if you have that luxury of waiting, it can be a real benefit. Does that make sense?
2: It does. But is it that much more waiting? I mean, it it seriously increases by a good significant amount.
0: It is. It's 8% per year. So think about getting an 8% return on your benefits each year. Uh, Guaranteed. You won't get that guaranteed anywhere. Uh, Nobody will guarantee that kind of return. And so that 8% after year one and then another 8% after year two is real money. And I think that's where you have to sit down and do some planning and say, as I head into this retirement season, what does my budget look like? What are my needs? And at what point do I need to start collecting? And if you have the luxury of waiting, and again, you're healthy, you might say, you know what, I'd rather push this off. And then once I I start collecting, I'll get uh, 8% times however many years I waited up to age 70 in additional amounts in every monthly check, and that could be a real benefit to me.
2: Well, what is, isn't it yearly that there's an increase in, I mean, I'm not collecting yet, but isn't there an increase yearly that a person gets, you know, you start yeah. off, let's yeah. say you start off at 1500 a month, I'm just using sure. that as a number, yeah. and, but then you're collecting that then january whatever comes around and it goes up x percent and now you're getting 1550 you know what i'm saying it goes up i do
0: so there's there's two increases that you might be referring to that are separate from this eight percent that i'm talking about while you're waiting the first is a cost of living increase which is a nominal amount based on uh, a certain index that the government looks at to see as prices rise for certain things uh, they increase those checks that happens for everyone automatically The only other way you'd see an increase is if you continue to work and you replace lower earning years, perhaps early in your working career, with higher years so that the 35 highest years – uh, when one is replaced is calculated at a higher amount. But that's only assuming you're continuing to work and you're getting paid at a level that replaces a lower earning year. Those are the only two ways you can get an increase. But what I'm talking about in terms of an 8% increase by waiting beyond full retirement age is in addition to both of those. So this would be a guaranteed increase in every check over and above any automatic increases you would receive for cost of living or by uh, earning more in any given year. So hopefully that helps you. Uh, If you have other questions, reach out to the Social Security Administration, ssa.gov, perhaps set set up a virtual visit to understand how this would impact your check. And we appreciate your call today. More calls just around the corner, 800-525-7000. Stay with us. This is Bunny Wise Live. We're so glad you're along with us today. I'm Rob West, your host, and we're taking your calls and questions. I see on the board at least four lines open, actually five. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Hey, are you looking for professional financial advice from a competent Financial professional who can bring biblically wise counsel, someone who can really align their advice and investments with your values and priorities as a believer who understands the counsel of Scripture related to money. Well, we trust the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation. More than 1,500 professionals, men and women around the country, have earned that designation, which is the gold standard for professional biblical financial advice. If you'd like to find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your city, you can head to our website, Live. Live.org. Just click find a CKA. You can search by zip code or city state. I'd encourage you to visit with two or three before you decide on the one that's the best fit. Again, MoneyWiseLive.org. 800 525 7000. Back to the phones to Chicago, Illinois, WMBI. Hi, Sheldon.
3: Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. Good afternoon, hey. I should say. Evening is later. Afternoon is now, I guess.
0: <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs>
3: But I've been taking care of my cousin. Uh he's seventy three years old for the last two and a half years. And he passed away in June. And uh he left a seventeen year old daughter who's coming to my life now, and he left her about forty seven, maybe forty five, forty one thousand dollars. And I don't know how she should invest it. She's 17. I'm going to guide her along the way. I'm not just going to give it to her and leave her. Um, I just wanted to know, I, I like gold, but I'm kind of scared of money markets and mutual funds. What do you guys suggest?
0: Yeah. Well, Sheldon, I'm delighted to hear that you've come alongside her to help. Of course, a minor can inherit assets at any age, but can't take possession until age 18. That's certainly true in the state of Illinois. Uh, have you been appointed by the court as guardian to handle these assets?
3: Uh, the attorney's office left it to me. So okay. it's it's me or nobody else. She's, there's nobody else helping her. So
0: Okay. All right. Well, I think the first thing to do is use this period of time to really help her learn to handle money God's way, both in the terms of financial literacy, as well as understanding the counsel of Scripture as it relates to money. And when we're done today, I want you to stay on the line. My producer, Amy's going to get your information, or actually Deb serving in that role today. And um, we'll send you a copy of Howard Dayton's book, Your Money Counts. And I think as you begin to work through those chapters with her, Uh, I think that will uncover so many of these principles that will be critical for her to understand at this early age, that beginning with God owns it all, and that she's a steward, managing God's money, and money is a tool, and that the Bible speaks to how we should handle our lifestyle. And what about debt? It covers how we should save for the future. What should our giving look like? And even how should we set goals for the longer term? All of these areas will be covered. And uh, this will be an important season, I think, of education as you prepare her for adulthood, not only to manage what God brings her way in the form of provision, but also these uh, assets that have been entrusted to her. In terms of your specific question about investing these funds, Sheldon, I think the first thing to do is really to define the purpose of this money. Uh, is this money that's going to be used in the next five years uh, for a college education, for an apartment, uh, for the purchase of a car, other expenses? If so, I wouldn't invest it at all. Um, I would put it in a high-yield savings account that's FDIC-insured. Um, you mentioned not trusting money market. Well, as long as you trust the full faith and credit of the United States government, you'd be protected in a savings account. And I'd use an online savings account like Ally Bank or Marcus or Capital One 360, she'll get a half a percent, but the money would be available. She wouldn't take any risk with it. If it's 10 years or more, then I think that's where we can invest. But I wouldn't be highly concentrated in precious metals at all. I would be looking toward mutual funds uh, to get a broad diversification of high quality stocks. So she owns real companies that over the long haul, I think will be the very best place for her to grow wealth and soundmindinvesting.org would be a great resource. So stay on the line. I'm going to send you your money counts. I'm also going to send you the Sound Mind Investing Handbook. This is Money Wise Live. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us today on Moneywise Live. Hey, our brand new website, moneywiselive.org, has a place where you can connect with a community of believers, supporting one another on their stewardship journey. Just click the Connect button when you visit MoneyWiseLive.org. Once you create a free account, you can post questions in our forums. You'll get answers from our MoneyWise coaches and others in the community. We're getting lots and lots of posts. Great to see so many people interacting about managing money God's way, and we'd love for you to be a part of the discussion. Again, MoneyWiseLive.org. Just click Connect and then post away. 800 525 7,000. We've got two lines open. We're going to Chicago and Boca and Missouri and Michigan. But first, St. Louis, Missouri. Brian, thank you for holding. I understand you have a testimony.
4: Oh, you better believe it. I've been a Christian over 40 years, and I made a huge mistake. It took three and a half years to get it all fixed. But I was young and foolish and didn't differentiate what a want as opposed to a need was. And Mm -hmm. got into a lot of debt credit card wise, bank loans, credit union loans, and finance company loans. And got to the point where I was way over my head and decided, Lord, I took all my bills, opened my Bible and put them all in my Bible and said, Lord, I'm not being a wise steward of your money. I need you to be in control of my finances. Mm -hmm. And little by little, I wound up getting one loan paid off after another, up for another, after another. And people said, well, why didn't you just, you know, get a huge loan and pay them off at one time? And I wound up finding the wisdom of the Lord that he wanted me to see the satisfaction that I was able to do this with him guiding me to how to do this instead of just, you know, snapping my fingers and it all disappearing. And I learned how to, he humbled me and learned how to, for me to be thankful and grateful that all this debt was just taken care of rather than doing the easy way out of filing bankruptcy because I don't believe you should do that. And yes. literally, you know it was just people were amazed how I got out of debt in that short period of time. and now I've got a bank account and now I'm, now I'm completely debt free because of doing it that way. Mm-hmm. Wow,
0: that's incredible, Brian. Well, there's a couple of things that jump out at me in your story. First of all, thank you for sharing it with us, because I know it's an encouragement to somebody who perhaps finds finds themselves in the same place you were uh, when you started this. Uh, And that is, first, you have to come to the end of yourself. And isn't that true for all of us, no matter what it is we're dealing with? When we're struggling turning over lordship, to the Father in every area of our lives, and that certainly includes our finances, we need to come to the end of ourselves and say, Lord, in my own power, I can't do this. I need your wisdom. I need your provision. It's going to be me relying on you uh, to make this happen. I, I love the physical act. Um, you know, Howard Dayton, the former host of this program, and the, um, the Compass, uh, uh, which used to be the Crown study, would actually go through the process of signing what he called the Quit claim deed, which we would typically think of for a home, but he would have you quit claim deed everything you have over to the Lord just out of this acknowledgement that, Lord, it all belongs to you. And I want to do it your way because in my power I can't. And and you got to that place, Brian. But I love this other idea that you said I don't want the easy way out in terms of a consolidation loan or a bankruptcy, because the discipline of doing the hard work. To get out of debt forces you to establish the right habits for you to get to a place as you have those small wins along the way to keep going and to form new habits that ultimately will guide you in your financial management in the future. You've gotten to that place. I guarantee you, because you've done the hard work, you're never going back because you don't ever want to be back where you were. And the Lord's going to use that not only in your life, but in uh, the lives of many, many who are listening today. So Brian, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for calling and sharing your story. Uh, We appreciate it very, very much. Let's head uh, south to Boca Raton, Florida. Karen, thank you For holding. How can I help?
5: Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, Thanks for taking my call. Okay. I have a question. Um, We have been getting letters from investors. Well, my husband, because um, he's the owner of the home, but they've been writing him to say, well, they will buy his home for cash. So I wanted to find out, would that be a safe way to sell our home if we're still paying a monthly mortgage?
0: Yeah, well, when you're selling the home, it really doesn't matter whether you have a mortgage or not, uh, as long as you uh, have equity, positive equity in the home. Uh, You're not upside down right now, are you? You don't owe more than the home is worth. Uh, Is
5: that right? No, I don't think
0: so, no. So, yeah, you believe you could sell it for more than the balance on your mortgage. Is that correct?
5: Right, but what I'm really concerned about is is that a space where we've been getting letters
6: right, from right.
5: investors that they want to buy it for cash?
0: Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Uh, But I want to make sure you understand that the fact that you're still paying on a mortgage really doesn't have anything to do with how you go about selling it. So then the question is, how do you sell it in a way that maximizes the value? This is uh, probably your largest asset. It is for most of us. Uh, You're a steward of God's resources, all of your assets, including this home. So how are you a good steward of this home uh, in selling it? And responding to a solicitation for a cash buy? Company selling your home for cash is not the way to go. Uh, Those companies have less than a stellar reputation. Some are better than others, of course. But on average, you're going to give up about 30% with these cash buyer programs because essentially what they're doing is they're buying it for cash only just to turn it around and resell it right away this is not somebody who's going to buy this home to live in it and so they've got to buy it at deep, at a deep enough discount for them to do whatever repairs need to be done and then turn around and list it immediately and sell it for its true market value, and then they keep the difference, which is the profit. Uh, Well, the only way they can do that is if they buy it at a discount. Uh, So by uh, using one of these cash buyers, you're not going to maximize the value of this property. So instead, uh, Karen, what I would recommend you do, especially... Where you are there in South Florida, property values are sky high. I would find a professional realtor, a real estate professional in your area, preferably somebody who specializes in your neighborhood or the surrounding area. And you could find that person uh, probably by just seeing who has the most signs out as you drive around town. But you're going to want to get somebody who can really look at what is the true market value of this home, help you price it accordingly, help you stage it in terms of are there repairs that need to be done, and do you have too much furniture in there that needs to be decluttered and help you through the negotiating process with the buyer so that you can get as much as possible on the sale. Yes, you'll have to pay for that, typically about 6%, but you'll still come out way ahead in that approach than you would versus uh, using one of these uh, buying-for-cash companies. Does that all make sense, though, to you, Karen?
5: Yes, yes, That's really, you yeah, have really explained it and clear because that's been on my mind since I've been writing my, my husband over, like, five letters, you know, yeah. which um, we haven't put it on the market. They've just been writing him to say they will buy his home for cash.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, these uh, these companies are very aggressive in their marketing. You're seeing them all over the place, both in what's showing up in your mailbox. You're going to see them on billboards. And there's a good reason, because it's a good business. They're making a lot of money, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you're the steward of this home, so let's try to get as much as you can that you can put into your next property or do some giving or investing, whatever the Lord's leading you to do. And Karen, we appreciate your call today. More to come just around the corner, 800-525-7000. This is Money Wise Live biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. I'm Rob West. We'll be right back. This is Money Wise Live, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. I'm Rob West, your host, and we're thankful that you've joined us today. We've got a couple of lines open in the remaining time we have today, 800-525-7000. That's 800 800- 5257000. Hey, our Moneywise Weekly Wisdom email begins this week. If you'd like to get a copy delivered to your inbox each week with the best content and podcasts and Christian finance, just head over to our website and sign up for free, moneywiselive.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page, create a free account and we'll get you the Moneywise Weekly Wisdom to renew your mind and focus on biblical truth as it relates to your money with practical ideas and suggestions. It's all there in our new weekly email. We'd love to send you a copy. Back to the phones today, WMBI, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Tammy. Thank you for holding today. How can I help?
6: Thank you so much for answering my call. Yes, I wanted to know in regards to a mortgage, is it worth it to pay an extra 50 to to $100 a month on your mortgage? And if, if so, would you have them apply that to the principal or would you just send it in as one lump payment?
0: Yes. Well, it's a great question. Let's tackle the first part first. Is it worth it to send extra? And I would say absolutely yes. Uh, you know, we want to try to get out of debt as quickly as possible. I'd love for you to have, if not sooner, that mortgage paid off by the time you reach retirement, which is going to keep your lifestyle as low as possible during that season, meaning you don't need as much income because you're debt free. Uh, the way to do that is to try to pay against principal as you're able to. Now, what kind of impact will a hundred dollars a month make? Well, let's say you had a 30-year, $250,000 mortgage, pretty typical 4% interest. We're a bit below that now, but on average, that's a pretty good rate. In 30 years on that $250,000 mortgage, you would pay $154,000 in interest. But if you applied an extra $100 a month, you'll pay it off four years early and save about $23,000. So, you know, there's real money to be made or saved uh, by applying extra to the principal because that's now principle that you're not going to be paying interest on for the life of the loan how should you go about doing that well it depends on how your mortgage mortgage servicer wants it uh, if you send an automatic check every month you know from your bill pay uh, or you pay online. Typically, you can just include that with your regular monthly payment. So just increase it by $100 and they should apply it to the principal. If this is something you're going to do on a regular basis, it'd be worth a phone call just to say, here's what I'm trying to do. How do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do it in an as an extra payment? Or can I just lump it in with my monthly payment every month and make sure that it's applied to principal for the month that I'm sending it? So it's worth a phone call, but it always makes Sense to uh, do exactly what you're talking about, Tammy. Does that clear it up, though?
7: Yes, it does. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, very good. You're welcome, and thank you for listening and calling today. Uh, on to Missouri. Catherine, good afternoon. How can I help?
7: Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have just sold my house, and um, closing is in a couple weeks, and I'll be making about $50,000 but I need to uh, move out of state to stay with my sister for a bit because uh, my mom's health is failing and she needs help. I expect to be there about a year, and I'm wondering, um, first of all, am I going to have any kind of penalty for not turning around and buying a house right away? And second of all, um, I had a local banker suggest that I could put that money in a CD that makes, um, he said somewhere from 05 to 0.7% interest, so less than yeah. 1%. Very Is good. That yeah. a good idea.
0: Yeah, let's tackle both of these. Uh, first of all, uh, I love to hear uh, that you're caring for uh, your mom. That's certainly biblical. We see that we're uh, to honor our parents, and in this season of life, you uh, sacrificing uh, what you have going on there locally to go care for her I think is just wonderful. Uh, in terms of selling that home, no, there's no penalty there. What you might be referring to, uh, Catherine, would be uh, for somebody who's selling a rental property, uh, not your primary residence. Residents where you'd be paying capital gains. Uh, if you want to push that forward, you've got to uh, buy a new property, a, a similar property within 180 days to kind of push that uh, capital gains forward. This is not what you're talking about here. As long as you've lived in this home two out of the last five years, you can have up to 250000 in profit, not the selling price, that's the profit, and pay no capital gains, and you don't have to do anything with that money after you sell it. You don't have to redeploy it into another property by any means. You could take it and stick it in the bank. Now, where do we go with it? Well, I think the the place to go is not a CD, just because the rates are so low right now, it's probably a high-yield savings account. Um, For instance, at Marcus, Marcus Marcus.com, the retail arm of Goldman Sachs, Capital One 360, uh, Ally Bank, you're going to get that same one-half of 1%, except the money's not going to be locked up. It'll have FDIC insurance. And you can access the money at any time. The other benefit to that, Catherine, is as rates head higher, uh, you'll benefit by the rate moving up with those higher interest rates. And the Fed, Federal Reserve has already indicated rates are heading higher from here. And so over the next year, I would expect to see these rates on these high-yield savings accounts move up. But you're not going to be tied up or or locked into anything. Uh, Does that all make sense? And did you have any follow-up questions on that? So
7: you're saying... Uh, A savings account would actually net me more profit than a CD?
0: Well, CDs just aren't paying a whole lot right now. So, for instance, um, a a typical a CD from an online bank, and they usually have the highest rates unless you find a local credit union that's doing something special. But the online banks, which carry the same FDIC insurance backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government, they don't have to pay the brick and mortar expenses of the local branches, so they pass that on in the form of higher interest rates. So, you know, a typical one-year CD right now is paying about 0.55%. So 55 basis points, just a tad more than half of 1%. Uh, a saving, high-yield savings account is paying 0.50%. The difference is with the CD, your money's tied up for a year. With the savings account, you can access it at any time during the year. And the other benefit is with the CD, it's locked in. So you're going to be locked into that 0.55 for 12 months, whereas with the high-yield savings, those rates move. And as rates head north, the, the high-yield savings rate, uh, interest rate, will move up with the interest rates as they move higher. Does that make sense in terms of the comparison?
7: Uh, yeah, the comparison makes sense. I'm just not sure. You said an online bank savings account. How do mm-hmm. I go about finding, because I just yeah. went through a local bank, how do I go about yeah. finding a, a secure online yeah. bank savings account?
0: Yep, so let me give you three suggestions, and then I'll give you a website if you want to do your own research. Uh, The three that I like right now are Marcus, Marcus Marcus.com allybank.com, A-L-L-Y, or Capital One 360. These are online banks, but they're still banks uh, that carry FDIC insurance. So you're going to get the same protections from the government in an online bank that you would than you would that one has a local branch that you can walk into. The difference is they don't have to pay the same expenses, so they pass those savings on in the form of higher interest rates. And you can link it right to your checking account so you can move money back and forth at any time. That would be the direction I would go, Marcus, Ally, or Capital One 360. If you wanted to research which banks uh, were paying the highest rates right now, you could go to a website like bankrate.com and do a search, and you could compare CD rates to high-yield savings rates. But as long as you're with a bank that has FDIC insurance, in my mind, you have just as much protection as you do if you walk walk into a local bank down the street. So hopefully that's helpful to you, Catherine. All the best to you you care for your mom, and we'll certainly be praying that the Lord will be near to her and um, will help uh, with whatever medical issues she's facing right now. On to Ohio, Catherine, you've been very patient today. How can I help? Catherine, are you with us? All right. It doesn't look like we have Catherine. I apologize. Let's try Ocala uh, Ocala, Florida. Juliet, how can I help you?
1: Yes,
6: I've been listening. Thank you so much for taking my call, and I've been listening sure. to you as much as I can for years. Oh, but I am fine. calling. I have a home in cattle I'm living in the home. And I also have a $10,000 line of credit. I have been paying now for years, just the interest. And I have 14000 on the back of the mortgage. So I would try, calling to find out if it makes sense to get it refinanced.
0: Um, yes. Uh, what um, do you believe the home is worth, Juliet?
6: Right now. So I would like to find out what if it would be best to get it refinanced now that the mortgage is lower. Okay. See if I can get a two percent off, something like that sure. instead of 4%. what What do you
0: think the home is worth? What do you think you could
6: sell it for? Do you know? Well, I'm not even sure, but I okay. I say right. I could probably get about two hundred to twenty five thousand or 250000 Okay. 000.
0: Okay. And you said you owe about a hundred and seven thousand on the first mortgage and about ten thousand on the line of credit. Is that right?
6: Yes, and also okay. fourteen thousand on the
0: back of it on That's the back. The, okay, the, yeah. So you had a mortgage forbearance or something like that. Uh, yeah, you've got quite a bit of equity. It sounds like you've got fifty percent loan to value, meaning all of those together—the fourteen plus the ten plus a hundred thousand—is probably about half of what the home is worth. And with a four percent interest rate, as long as you plan to stay in that home for at least uh, five to seven years. Um, and you can save at least 1% on the mortgage, which you certainly can on the primary, and you definitely can on that home equity line of credit, you could satisfy all three with that new loan. I would just get three bids, your local bank, plus two more from online banks. You could go to bankrate.com to find out who has the best programs. So I think a refi is uh, in order here, Juliet, and I would proceed, but make sure you get at least three offers. We appreciate your call today. Money Wise Live is a partnership between Moody Radio and Money Wise Media. I want to say thank you to Amy Rios, our engineer today, Deb Solomon, producer, Gabby T. answering phones, and Jim Henry providing research. I couldn't do it without him. Thank you for being here. Come back and join us tomorrow on another edition of MoneyWise Live. Lord willing, we'll see you then. Bye-bye.